the free for all roundtable round two on round two today jason agnew is here from the trivia show and a generalized host i guess we could say here at news talk 1010 as well he's often in this saddle when i'm missing patrick brown mayor of brampton is here and karima sad a toronto-based lawyer and sometimes mischief maker uh good morning to y'all and happy friday and actually i have to actually because you know the mayor is here begin with this uh, survey that found the rudest and politest cities in Canada. And Patrick Brown Brampton didn't do all that well. What do you say? I, I heard we were in uh, in third place. I'm I'm just glad we weren't in first or second. But uh, I, I don't know who does these surveys. I, I, I you know, my impression is that we've got uh, an incredible community that is kind and generous and not uh, not rude. Although Frank Scarpitti was here because Markham was found to be the politest city in Canada. You're going to give him a polite call today? I will send him a congratulatory uh, text. Okay. Uh, Karima, <laughs> because we're friendly and polite in Brampton. There. Okay. Well, Karima, I don't know. I, I, I tend to agree with Patrick Brown. This is a bit of an odd slide rule. But at the same time, it's fun to talk about. Is it possible that there are some cities that are ruder than others or more polite than others? I think, I mean, I've traveled a fair bit around Ontario uh, over the past couple of years, and uh, different cities absolutely have different vibes. I think this particular survey may have uh, gotten a lot for, based on the driving habits of uh, of its residents. Um, so I, I, I tend to agree with uh, Mr. Brown that, that Brampton's pretty nice. Yeah, that's been my experience. Jason Agnew, you're a preternaturally polite person. What's your take? Uh, well, I guess you don't know me that well, John. Um, but um, <laughs> the funny thing is, this is a uh, this is a non-story, except for the fact that Del Duca bailed on you this morning and decided not to come on. How rude! So he's just living up to it. Incredibly rude. This could have been a really a nice. Let's make fun of it. Let's let's be happy and cordial about it. But no, he just like just sends you a statement. So now it's a thing. Yeah, and for those who weren't <laughs> present earlier in the show, um, Vaughn was found to be the rude city in Canada, so we naturally reached out to Steve Del Duca, the mayor, and he sent us a carefully worded statement, but declined to appear. But I guess, you know, I'd be kind of ticked off if my city was found to be the rudest. And it's worth mentioning, before we move on to other more important things, as Karima said, uh, a lot of this seems to stem from driving behavior, and so, you know, that's going to depend on where you're driving, right? Uh, Toronto wrestling with proposed new taxes and fees. And Jason, I'll come back to you on this one as uh, actually I don't know if you're a ratepayer in Toronto I don't know where you live I'm in Etobicoke okay uh, my homeland of Etobicoke I'm there so yeah I do feel all of this and I read through this this morning John and you know the funny thing is earlier this week one of the big stories was about you know the renaming of Dundas and the city's claiming that we don't have money but yet we're still going to rename Dundas so that's the first thing I thought of and the second thing you know they they want to raise the um uh, the the buyer's tax the 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 property tax sorry not the property tax but the uh, land transfer the land no. transfer yeah, yeah. tax thank you yeah but already if you're buying and selling a home in Toronto you're getting dinged for two property taxes and I remember looking at new homes and was actually kind of priced out of Etobicoke and was looking at Mississauga because there's only one tax there so I could see maybe an increase in property tax but don't go after the land transfer tax because you're already getting dinged twice in the big smoke Karima we just seem to tinker all the time in the city of Toronto when it comes to revenue tools and 
And most people know the numbers. Like if we raise the mill rate by a point, that's like $40 million. Most people know, well, if we you know raised uh, admission to the TTC by 15 cents, it'd be this figure. It's never enough. That's right. Um, the tinkering is, you know, it, it yields the the small numbers, but I think part of what I understood from yesterday's uh, proposal is wanting to lean more on the federal and provincial governments to cover some of the shortfall and look at areas where costs have been downloaded or just thrust upon Toronto and trying to renegotiate that. Um, But of course, leverage becomes an issue there. Okay, and Patrick Brown, you look on this, first of all, as a mayor, but also as a mayor of another jurisdiction. This ain't your headache. Well, you know, I'd say two things. One, um, revenue tools are code for new taxes. And I don't think there's an appetite anywhere for new taxes. I think right now families are struggling to make ends meet. And so I think there's no there's no runway for that. What I what I think Toronto should be saying, though, is not necessarily asking for new taxation power. because There's no way the Ford government's going to give that to to Toronto. I think the advocacy needs to be municipalities need to stop doing what's not their responsibility right now, whether it's health care costs, immigration, refugees, asylum uh, uh, claimants, municipalities are covering the cost for what's downloaded to them. That's the real problem. Governments need to do what their responsibility is, um, and you can't leave everything on the backs of municipalities. Doug Ford says he's not going to fire the chief of staff for his housing minister. And uh, Karima Sad, let me start with you. I think it's inevitable that this guy is going to be fired, so why not cut to the chase? Um, because Doug Ford doesn't make good decisions. I don't know. Um, like, <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, it seems sort of inevitable um, based on uh, a bit of the shady seeming behavior that was described in the uh, auditor uh, report. So it, it's just not plausible to me that this individual was making these decisions entirely on his own without input from the minister or the premier. So uh, this may be just prolonging the inevitable. Patrick Brown, I guess some people would say it's you know loyalty, which we should admire, but uh, Doug Ford is, I often hesitates to drop the ax. No, I, I actually think this is the, the right approach. You know, too often you see politicians who are elected throw staffers under the bus. And that we live in a parliamentary system that accountability is with the premier and the minister uh and you know i i applaud the 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 premier and and steve clark for not throwing the staffer under uh, under the bus you know end of the day the staffers they are taking submissions from everyone everyone knew developers have been pushing this for the last 15 years um so it's not a surprise that he's the recipient of that of that advocacy yeah i i think he's right not to throw the staffer under under the bus answer every question to the integrity commissioner answer every question to the auditor general and, and the minister should be responsible. The, the premier should be responsible. It's, it's, their, it's their file. Okay. Interesting point that Patrick Brown is making, Jason Agnew, and it kind of folds into another story that's on the desk this morning, and that is that Bonnie Crombie has been, or her campaign at the very least, accepting donations from developers. And I guess, as Patrick Brown would say, this is the way business is done in this province, so there's no shame in any of it. It, it just all plays into what politics is. And as far as Ford goes, I just feel like what Dougie wants, Dougie gets at this point. There is no one policing him. Um, with Crombie, I guess, yeah. I mean, this is this is what she's doing. She's playing the game. Everyone is playing the game of politics. If they're in the game, they have to play it. 
Uh, somebody accused me earlier this morning of uh, doing the carrying water for the federal conservatives because we discussed on round one um, the sources in the liberal caucus are suggesting that there's a rest of aspect there and that maybe that Justin Trudeau is not going to be around forever. Uh, Jason, I'll come back to you on this one. Um, you know, that it, it, I, it would not surprise me at all that there are people in the Liberal caucus who are a little worried because Justin Trudeau was their ticket to power and now he could be their ticket to the opposition benches. That's very true, but I don't I think I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that we're going to see him again. There's been really no indication of the next person coming along in order to take that spot and be the next prime minister on the liberal side. And I think Trudeau just wants to continue to live on in his father's legacy here. Patrick Brown, you, of course, have headed a party and led a caucus. So, you know, more than a lot of people, what it's like when people start to you know start clearing their throats that maybe they that they're not happy. Listen, I, I think the longer a government's empowered, the more challenges you're going to ha have. People who have waited in the back benches longer and longer, um, with hopes of of a promotion that, that they don't get. You know, those are those are challenges. I think the one advantage that Trudeau has right now is that I think their caucus is more motivated against their conservative opponent than they would have been um, with Aaron O'Toole um, in the previous election. So I think there's there's more unity in the Liberals in terms of the. Um, the differences in terms of, of the parties right now? Karim Asad, it's, I always find leadership really, really interesting because you're either, you know, either they think, woof, we are behind this guy 100% or all of a sudden the swords are out. Yeah, it uh, is hard to find that Goldilocks moment of everything being just right. Otherwise, you know, it's too raw or too ripe. Um, and I, I tend to agree with what's been said. We haven't really seen indications of who would be a replacement for the prime minister but of course no one can stay in power forever um, and it may be that the conservative leader um, in his vignettes and statements and whatnot um, shakes up a sense of complacency there I love finishing with a good lifestyle story, and this one's a lot of fun. The idea is that to get people back to the office in Canada and the U.S., we should adopt a practice that apparently is common in France, where your company subsidizes your lunch. And it has to be, it's not salad or takeout at your desk. It is you in a restaurant out at lunch. Uh, Patrick Brown, does that sound like a good idea? Well, um... I, we just talked about municipalities not having the funds to uh, do uh, do things that are not not in their responsibility. So I don't think we'll be going there, but it is an interesting way to uh, support small businesses. Jason Agnew, uh, key to motivating people in media has always been free food. So maybe this is a great idea. <laughs> I mean, has it ever? We've seen the press conferences. We've been to them and seen the <laughs> reporters run over to the buffet table. Uh, I could name a few, uh, but I won't. Uh, this doesn't make sense to me at all, though. John, I do a thing at work called eating, where I conduct an interview and then eat while editing. And that is my day to day. And I bring my own little lunch because I meal plan. I don't understand. Understand. This is wasted money to me. It doesn't make sense. Well, I don't want to be the person who has to clean the keyboard after that editing session. Uh, Karima oh, Sad it's my own personal station, John. My oh, own okay. personal station. Karima Sad, last word. <laughs> um, I, I think that there's a potential synergy between uh, workplaces having people back and therefore justifying their rent costs and local restaurants, but it should be a private partnership.
All right. Thank you all. Good to have you. Patrick Brown, Mayor of Brampton, Kareem Assad, Toronto lawyer. Jason Agnew, who you can hear again Sunday morning on the trivia show, which is a mountain of work, but you hear all that work on the air because he does such a good job with it. Okay, that's it for me. Uh, Make the most of your weekend. Your assignments are due Monday at 5. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.